Hello, everybody. Um, so this is still part of episode one. I didn't get finished with what I was saying. Uh, one thing that I didn't think about was the fact that if I got phone calls, how that would interfere with my podcast recording. I thought that I might be able to uh, just carry on recording, but it just stopped where it was. So still on episode one of the Row Jogan Experience. As I was talking about, well, I just want to pick up from what I was saying about local business and stuff and supporting that. I really, I really do. Um, I feel a lot, of, you know, passionate about that. And uh, you know, big corporations do kind of take the the the, the, the pennies away from these um, smaller smaller organisations, just like myself, small local business. Um, so that, that's something that you know I'll come back to um, as as the the podcast kind of evolves and, and goes on. Um, but yeah, I mean, as I was saying, um, if, if maybe you've skipped out episode one uh, and the welcome episode, maybe you can go back to that and, and listen again before you come to this one. So I want to talk about something that I'm really interested in. And this is in no means by, you know, I don't want to rip off Joe Rogan. I love the guy. I love what he does. But we just have a lot of interest in common, and which is one of the reasons why I listen to him. And I believe maybe there might be people out there that have them same sort of interests that might want to listen to a different podcast, get different angles, different takes. And I often talk about martial arts and I talk about boxing with friends. Uh, my cousin in particular, he's massive into his boxing. And it's just been a great year. 2018 has been fantastic for, for, for the fight fans. Um, as I say, the UFC, um, it's the 10th of October now. This weekend just gone, we saw Conor McGregor take on Khabib Nurmagomedov in the uh, UFC 229. Uh, loads to talk about there. Absolutely loads to talk about. Now, I know a lot of people are now into UFC just because of Conor McGregor, which is great. You know, the more the merrier. There's room for everybody. There's a lot of people in the, in the talk about casual boxing fans, casual MMA fans. Who cares? You know, everybody finds... Um, a way in through something or other and any in any way that that can be uh, made bigger and uh, and we can all enjoy it more why not you know if 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 MMA and boxing didn't have fans then there would be no MMA and boxing let's face it it's prize fighting yeah there'd be no money in it so that wouldn't happen people don't just fight um, for no reason you know they, they do it for the money yet yeah, there's a lot of people out there there's a lot of them fighting that want to be the best understandable but the money is helpful. You could, they wouldn't be able to compete and do that without the money. Let's face it, these guys are athletes. They go out there and they're fighting, but they are fighting to be the best, but they're having to do it at such a level. They can't have regular jobs. So they need the money. And that's why they need the fans. So I don't have no issues with anybody jumping on the bandwagon, if that's what you, you want to call it. Uh, I think it's brilliant. I think it's great. Get as many people in there as we can. Um, and yeah, I mean, for me, I've been into MMA for quite a while. I used to do some um, Bush Kempo Jiu Jitsu myself, and then I went into a bit more mixed martial arts where I was doing some Thai boxing. Uh, and more recently, now I just, I just box. Uh, I haven't got the energy for the jumping and kicking as much. I don't really, I ain't got the, I don't feel the ground game. Like, I did some Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and it's just not for me. I just don't enjoy it so much. Um, 
but you know, I understand bits of it, uh, and and it, and that's why I like watching it. But I, I do like the stand up quite a bit more, which is one of the reasons why I mainly wanted Connor to win that fight, because for me it was like he was just more of a rounded fighter. He, he can fight, and and I think he proved a lot of people wrong about his his uh, his wrestling, because I think he actually wrestled really well. He just isn't. Um, he isn't Khabib, he isn't, but who is? You know, he's the best at what he does. He's the best at the way he wrestles. He, the guy's done that since he was a kid. I've watched the videos of him wrestling a bear. And, and that, you know, that's a bear cub. It's a baby bear, but I mean, that's a heavy, that's a big bear cub. You know, much bigger than a seven or eight-year-old Khabib that was wrestling him. And, you know, from the background that he's from, that's, that's one of the reasons why I thought he might have the edge, because... I do feel like Connor, if he finds a way out, if, he, if, he, if the going gets tough, that he will quit. I don't think he needed to tap. Might be controversial, but I don't think he needed to tap. The, 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 it wasn't a chokehold. It wasn't locked on. I've done that that move, the guillotine, many times myself. And that wasn't in position. That wasn't... The arm wasn't under his, under his chin. It wasn't across the neck. It was some sort of neck crank. I don't know if it hurt. McGregor enough for him to tap. I just think it was a way out. I think he was beaten. I think he was tired. And that was just a way out at that point. And maybe he was thinking, I'll come back next time and be better. I just think he had too long out of the octagon. And I think as much of a confident guy is, there must have been pressure. There must have been a lot of nerves. And, and where he took it, it seemed to get so dark. I never really... I didn't like the feel of the fight from the first press conference. I, I got a really bad vibe off it. I don't know if anybody else did. I didn't like it. I did not like the feel of it. So I don't, you know, well done to Khabib. All the antics and stuff that went on after and, and the talk about Khabib being stripped and being banned and not getting a visa and stuff, I think that's over the top. I don't think Khabib should be stripped. He beat Conor fair and square. He got a bit emotional after he jumped into the crowd, but I don't think he did any sort of severe damage to anybody. Um, it was probably worse what happened with one of his guys, uh, Khabib's guys, jumping in the ring and hitting Connor from behind. <clears throat> Being a trained fighter, hitting him bare knuckle in the back of the head is pretty dangerous. Um, that's probably a bit worse. But I just don't think Khabib deserves... I think his emotions have got the better of him. And, of course, it probably would. Emotions have got the better of many people when they've fought Connor because he talks so much shit to him. You're going you're gonna to feel like that. As much as you think, um, no, I'm not going to let it get to me, I suppose at the end of that fight, after he held it all back, after all the shit that he took, um, yeah, I think I think it just all came out, and he got probably a bit even more confident over the victory. He probably wasn't even satisfied with the with the the, the beating that he put down on Conor. He probably felt, felt like he wanted to hurt him a bit more, because I think a lot of the shots where he was stood up, there, he caught him with quite a few, but he could have probably hit him with more as well. I think Conor did well to escape some of them when he was hitting him with some big ground and pound. Um, cracked him with that overhand. That was that was a big shot. I was really surprised. But I think the the quality in that, the actual thought behind that, that shot was the fact that overhand coming over the top, the reason why you wouldn't see that against somebody like Khabib is because you're always looking for that takedown. You're looking for him to shoot for the legs. So... You're looking for that, and you don't see that punch coming from over the top. You'd see something coming straight, a normal jab or a hook. But the way he threw it over the top, he threw it pretty quick. It was a good shot. 
and he cracked him. And that's probably that's probably one of the best shots anybody's ever hit Connor with in the UFC, because usually he's really elusive and he gauges the distance really well. And that's also what made made me think because Connor didn't have that much success. You know, there was a round they say he won the third round. I'm not exactly sure. Probably did, but it wasn't brilliant. He didn't really catch Khabib with anything special. But I, I think that the two years out of the octagon uh, and all of the, you know, he's, he's such a star now. I think I think it just he wasn't the same. You know, when he was when he was smashing people, when he went through the, the featherweight division the way he did. Um, he had the momentum behind him. He was fighting, you know, he's fighting often. He's probably constantly training. You know, he's had a kid. You've got to take a bit more time off. You soften up a little bit when you've had a kid, I think. So there's a lot of factors there where I think, you know, maybe he should have had a tune-up fight. But someone like Conor McGregor is so big now, every fight he's got to have has got to be massive. He's got to be a, a Nate Diaz and a Floyd Mayweather. <clears throat> and that's part of the issue. It's, it's kind of a catch-22 for him. He doesn't want to go and fight somebody ranked 10th in, in the lightweight division. Um, and they've all got to be big fights for him. And I think that's a hard place for him as well. Uh, he wants that, that fight back with Khabib now. He wants that rematch, which I don't know if that's just going to be more of the same. I think I think now, you know, after having that fight, he could come back and he could be a bit better. And he could give him more of a challenge. He may, may be able to find that range a bit better and, and know what's coming because as much as he trained for that wrestling, he didn't know. I don't think anybody really knows how good Khabib is until they get in there with him. I hear like Daniel Cormier and Luke Rockhold who train with him, they're in the in the same team. How how they talk about how good Khabib is and, and their weight classes above him. You know, Rockhold's a middleweight, DC's light heavyweight and heavyweight champion, and, and Khabib wrestles him. He's that good. So, you know. I think I think he just didn't know. He just didn't know. He's wrestled with some some heavier guys, but nobody on that skill level. You can't match that skill level because that's why he's a champion. There isn't really anybody that's out there that is like Khabib. He's a one-off. Um, but I do think you'll give him a better challenge if they go again. I don't know how how he can play for another fight and how Khabib. Maybe the way is that Khabib will look at it like it's a big payday. I don't know if he's getting paid. I know they withheld his purse of two million for that fight. I don't know if he's going to get that or or what, but maybe the money will be appealing to Khabib and he'll think, yeah, I'll smash him again. So he might get that rematch. Um, might be a better option for Conor. I mean, if he has to have these big fights, um, I think every fight now in the UFC is going to be tough for him. Um, he probably could have just come out the other end the way he did when he was uh, champ champ and, and and retired at that. Or even after the Floyd fight, you know, because that, that made him a lot of money. To come back to the UFC, um, see what he's doing and, and he says he loves fighting and stuff like that. But damn, I mean, I watched the, the Tony Ferguson fight and I've always been a fan of Tony Ferguson. I think he's amazing. He's such an athlete. He's agile. His, his jiu-jitsu is just off the charts. He's such a high-level jiu-jitsu. Like if, I, he, he's got to be a good fight for Khabib because I, I want to know how he reacts. So a lot of people get taken down by Khabib and then, and I've seen it with Conor. It was, like, it, was, it was at one point like, what do I do? It was almost like he was frozen and he was hitting him with these like palm strikes that were just nothing. Like, I probably could take them myself. Um, I don't, 
I don't think he knew what to do. And I think a lot of people get there and think, I don't know, I don't know, how do I get out of this? And you try and try and you tie yourself out and and, and eventually you know it, it, it's imminent that he's going he's gonna to get on top of you and he's going to smash you. And that's got to be a scary place. The thing with Tony Ferguson is he's comfortable fighting on his feet. He's comfortable fighting off of his back. He, he can, you know, if, if Tony Ferguson's on his back, I've seen him open people up with elbows. I've seen him, you know, put that. He's, he's done the most dash chokes. I think he's, he's, he's done three. He's, he's submitted somebody three times, I mean, three different people with a dash choke, which is a bit of an unusual move. We've seen uh, Tyron Woodley use it against um, uh, Darren Till. Um, because it, it, they don't see it coming. The way the way it is, and the way they lock it in, um, the person that's having it done to them don't, doesn't actually realise that's coming. They think they're safe. Um, so Tony Ferguson's that high level. He can find he can find those openings. And I thought, now I'm not black belt Brazilian jiu jitsu, but just from from fighting and watching fights for so many years, like I thought, I seen little openings where Khabib. Left himself open. I, I thought Connor could have could have used some jujitsu on him, um, but he just didn't seem to. And I don't know if he was just too busy thinking about getting back onto his feet uh, and and striking with him. But I really think that Tony Ferguson is a man that could give him a lot of trouble. And then the other guy is um, um, Kevin Lee. I think Kevin Lee could really give Khabib a, a good wrestling match. Because his wrestling's amazing, and again, his stand-up game, like he's he's good in so many areas, just like Tony is. And the only difference is Tony Tony does some weird moves, like he uses his kind of breakdancing moves, and and it's brilliant to watch. And and that's the that's what's amazing about MMA is that it's it's not like a, a fully polished sport. Nobody can turn up to MMA with a certain skill set. You could be a kickboxer, you can do karate, you can tie box, you can be amazing at jiu-jitsu and wrestling so many different things but it there's no one way and like this um this kind of b-boy breakdance stuff that that um tony's using that that can be implemented different types of athletic stuff can be implemented into that that's what's amazing about it you know and and, it, and people pull it off i really like brian ortega at the minute his jiu-jitsu is so high but he's the same like he just he does things what you don't expect. And that they're the people that are going to win the fight. So willing to go, you know, a little bit outside the box and, and use unique moves that other people will, will just not see coming. It's not something you can train for. And that's what I like about Tony. And that's why I like the Tony and Khabib fight. And, and to be honest, who else deserves a title shot more? Tony Ferguson deserves that title shot. Now he's on a mad winning streak. I think it's something like 11... 11 wins. Now, don't quote me on that. But I know it's a lot. And I know he's smashing through. And the people that he's beating are high-level people. I think someone like Conor McGregor, going back to him and talking about him having to have these super fights, there's no easy fight for him now. Like, I see him getting beaten a lot by... Or if he if he manages to, to weather the storm, Kevin Lee, Tony Ferguson, the Diaz Trilogy fight, they're all hard fights, man. How much beating do you need to take when you've done it? You've you've done it all. He's done enough. He's made a lot of money. You know, I'm willing to say that the WWE will welcome him with open arms. And 
I might get backlash for that if anybody listens to this podcast. But I love Conor McGregor, don't get me wrong. And he's very skillful. He's a brilliant fighter, but he's took it to such a high level, to such fame and stardom. And he he went through the featherweight division. He won that title. He won that lightweight title. He went and fought one of the best boxers to ever live. And, yeah, it's unreal that, you know, he came back to the UFC to fight a monster like Khabib. And he still wants to come back. He still wants to do more. And I don't think he needs the money. I really don't. Because he can go to somewhere. And I know he doesn't himself doesn't agree with the WWE and stuff. But everything's, you know, the world is oyster. The films, he can get going, you know, into Hollywood. He can do anything he wants. And I just see it's been a hard time for him. And I think, like, yeah, he probably doesn't want to leave on a, on a loss like that. Um, but... I don't want to, you know, for me, I wouldn't want to spoil the legacy even more and get beat up in, in more and more fights. You know, we still remember the fight that he had with Diaz where he came back and he's managed to beat him after a loss. We, we remember the way he lit Eddie Alvarez up to beat him in the lightweight. We remember the way he knocked Jose Aldo out in 13 seconds to win the featherweight title. We still remember that. If he loses three, four more fights, we'll start forgetting that. So... You know, I love the sport. I love Conor McGregor. I love watching him fight. He's brilliant. His timing and everything. I just think there's a lot of hard fights out there and he's getting older and things are not getting easier because of him. He's a, Conor McGregor's a brand now and he's got his whiskey line and all that kind of stuff. He's a brand, you know, and you can't do everything. And there's a lot of guys out there that, that want to be at the top and they're dedicating themselves everything. They're putting everything into that. They're putting everything into winning that title and being the best in that sport. And I don't think Connor can give everything because of everything else that he's got going on. You know, he's burning the candle at both ends. And I think we see it with his performance and the way he gassed that for him one round as well. Um, but yeah, that's... Uh, I want to talk more about UFC and MMA. I don't watch enough like Bellator. Some of the some of the British stuff, I got invited to the Bama event Um uh, this was going back last year, just, just before Christmas. I had a Christmas party with my uh, with my football team, and I couldn't make it. And that, that Aaron Chalmers was on it. And, I, and at first, I thought, oh, you know, reality TV guy, etc., etc. I just, I just thought it was all a bit of a, a bit of a joke. But do you know what? The guy's pretty good, and he's won. And I don't think he's lost yet. And he's won some fights where I thought, well, yeah, maybe they just give him an easy fight. And then, he, and and he's won some uh, a fight after that where they put him up against somebody tougher. And then another one after that, a guy who's even more rated than... And I'm like, you know what? This guy might be for real. He's, he's got bombs, man. He can hit. He can punch. He's dropping people. Um, so I'd like to explore a little bit more of that. I want to watch... I, I can't wait to see, like, MVP. Michael Venom Page. I, I love watching that guy. I want him in the UFC. Because what he does against fighters, he's knocking everybody out. He's beating everybody... Um, and even and he even had a little spelling boxing under David Hayes. He had a fight, and and he was the same there. He was so elusive with his angles, a bit like Connor, and and he hit this guy with a punch that he just didn't see coming, and knocked him out. And this guy was a boxer. Now, granted, he may not be any special boxer and one of the top, but you know, he's a boxer and he's probably training boxing longer than MVP. So he's such a good fighter that I want to I want to see a bit more of. You know, I, I, I really want to see him in the UFC or even Bellator or something like that again. Um, 
So, yeah, I want to pick up more and more as we go along talking about MMA. As I said in the first The Welcome podcast, this podcast is open to anything. I don't mind talking about anything, um, whether it's MMA and boxing and the things that interest me or the stuff that I don't know enough about but I want to hear about and I want to get people on and have conversations, you know, about the world in the world that we're living in. Um, as I say, I promote local business. I, I like I like to talk about mental health because there's a lot of that going around. So much stuff. Um, and, you know, tying that into boxing because I still still wanted to stay on, on track with, with the fight world. Boxing's great at the minute. We've had a lot of good fights this year. We've uh, we've got the the Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury. They've been having I don't know, I can't remember. They've had like 19 press conferences at the minute. Uh, it's getting a bit silly, but you know they're promoting that fight and they want to make some big cash. And I think that's going to be a good fight. Um, I'm not sure Tyson Fury can avoid him for 12 rounds. I, I think he thinks he can. And and the way he danced with Klitschko was brilliant. Uh, don't get me wrong. Like, I never thought he'd beat Klitschko. Uh, I thought he was decent, but I never thought he was as good as he... So many people say about how quick he is for a heavyweight. You know? And if he can jab and move and, and dance around the bronze bomber, then fair play to the guy. If he can pull that off, he's in line for a fight then with Joshua. Um, apparently, Joshua was going to fight the winner. I think that's been confirmed. Joshua was going to fight the winner anyway. I think that was confirmed over the last couple of days. I'm just looking at this fight and thinking, I can't see Tyson Fury, though, making him miss for 12 rounds. 36 minutes, a long time. And all it takes with Deontay Wilder is that one shot. He's just got absolute thunder in his hands. He just hits you and you drop. You see some of the knockouts that he's done. 39 knockouts in 40 fights. You know, he... he I didn't, you know, I wasn't too sure about him because, you know, looking at the people on his record, but he can only beat the guys that are in front of him. And I think with American heavyweight boxing, it's not been so big, so people haven't had eyes on him. People have not been watching, you know, so that he's not been like, oh, yeah, let's get him these big fights because he's just not there. And so now he's he's up there. He's getting up there. He's having this this fight's been promoted so massively. Then if he comes through this, it's going to be a big super fight with Joshua. I think he's, he's so dangerous the way he hits. The way he hits, and, and it was like Tyson Fury saying, I've been, I've been boxing since I was a child. He was a basketballer. Um, but he just needs to land one of them punches. And I know they're crazy punches and where, where they come from. But, you know, I listened to Teddy Atlas talking about it, and he's talking about leverage. And he's, he's a guy that's got some leverage. He's got those long arms. There's a reason Tony Bellew, when he was talking about fighting the heavyweight, said that he doesn't want to fight Deontay Wilder. He said he wrapped his arms around him twice. His arms are that long. You know, if he cops Tyson Fury with one of those, especially at overhand, because I've seen that with Fury before, I think Chisora caught him with one and rocked him pretty bad. He'd been dropped by a cruiserweight. I think that was an overhand. Um, and, you know, he does get clipped in fights. Uh, whether, he, you know, he might he might get clipped in, with some, in some fights and, and he carries on, but I think if he gets clipped, and he gets clipped clean by... Um, by Deontay that he's going down, and it and you tend to find that when a when a heavyweight goes down, especially with a hard punch like that, they don't get back up. I'm not sure that Fury is ready for it, and I really like Tyson Fury as well. Don't take anything away from that guy, and, and like that's why I'm tying into the, the 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 mental health thing. Like he came through a lot. 
and the amount of weight he put on and to get himself back into the ring. And he's had a couple of little dust-off fights, which, fair enough, a lot of people are giving him a, a load of shit about that. But why not? Why would you want to come straight in and fight a big fight and, and get knocked out? And, you know, you, you don't. Let him have those, those... Let him get rid of that ring rust. Let him find a bit of confidence. And, and it's only two little fights that he had. And now he's going straight in for Deontay. So why not? I don't, I don't see nothing wrong with that. And, and like I say, in the face of adversity, he's come through it. And if he can beat Deontay Wilder, then I think... I believe in that guy. I think if he beats Deontay Wilder, he beats Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua is just more of a classic boxer. And he probably could read his punches a little bit better than he would Wilder because the way Wilder throws those crazy shots from, you know, wherever, windmilling and stuff like that. But they catch people, and when he catch him, they go down, they go to sleep. So, interesting fight. Looking forward to that one. Big fights coming up, so many big fights. Big fights that have gone. I was surprised. I'd, I didn't think Callum Smith was going to beat George Groves, but do you know what? That guy fought a brilliant fight. Brilliant game plan. And I felt sorry for Groves. Really sorry for him because... What a gutsy guy. I mean, he he had to come back from those two defeats and two knockouts against Carl Frotch, the second one being brutal as well. And, you know, you see people get up there and they're in line for title fights and then they lose and then, and then they've got to rebuild all that. And he did. And he rebuilt it and he won the title. And he did so well. He beat Chris Eubank and a lot of people think, you know, Eubank is something special. And he, and he beat him uh, really well good game plan, just a lot of experience on his side. And I really thought he was winning that um, Muhammad Ali trophy, but it wasn't to be for him. And I felt sorry for him. No, fair play though to, to Callum Smith for winning it. What a competitor. I think he's really big for that division. I think he needs to go up a division. And that's probably what it was in the end. Overwhelming. But that, when he caught him with that hook, it was just such a big, powerful hook that, you know, George Groves just couldn't handle that. Um, but he got through some shit. He came through the fire to get into that fight, through that shoulder injury that he had from the from the Eubank fight. So, you know, I felt, you know, when I listened to the guy's interview at the end, I felt for the guy. <clears throat> and I hope he does take some time and, you know, spend some time with his family because he's been out there, you know, slugging away and, and having fucking big fights, brutal fights, fighting top people, not shying away from anything. He deserves it. And if he's got enough money... And, and there's nothing, you know, great for him to take out of there. I don't want him to start over again and try and rebuild all that. Maybe he'd retire, be a trainer or something, because the guy is fantastic. He's a great boxer. And, uh, you know, we'd, we've come off the back of the Triple G and Canelo 2 fight. Now, that one, what can I say? I mean, that was a close fight. I think, if anything, if you're going to give anything, you've got to give a draw. I don't think Triple G deserved to lose. Really, really don't. Feel bad for the guy. Um, he got a draw the first time when when I when I thought you know he won that, definitely won that. And then I, and I kind of watched that first fight, the second fight, uh, and I was doing I was doing that sort of point system in my head, and I had him at like seven seven rounds to five. And that was me being quite lenient, trying to give you know a bit because Canelo was landing some good body shots and some good hooks, but it wasn't enough, and you could see. Um, Triple G seemed to find more of a rhythm with the, you know, more classic fighting behind the jab and stuff. He didn't land as many 
effective shots, which is always an argument like, oh yeah, um, Canelo landed more, more kind of damaging shots, but there wasn't that many more that I think it outweighed the amount of jabs that were landed by Triple G. And I think that's the thing. I think that's the big thing. It was, uh, it's controversial, man. And, and, and Billy Joe Saunders even said it before that fight. It made a lot of sense. He, he said that Triple G has to knock Canelo out to win that fight. And I think that's always going to be the case. And I don't think a trilogy fight is going to be any easier because he's just getting older. You know, he's taking a lot of, a lot of shots. Your chin diminishes after the years. Maybe he'll end up getting himself knocked out as, as much as a granite chin he is. I just don't think he's going to get any easier. And I don't think he's going to get any more powerful. And, and Canelo's already took his best shots. So what what more can he give? You know, it's, it's a hard one. And I feel sorry for that guy as well. But what, what a legend. I mean, absolute great fighter. Powerful, powerful man. Chin of steel. And he's, and he's that background again, you know, from that... Uh, Kazakhstan, same sort of like the Dagestan, the, the same mentality as, as your, your Khabibs have come up from that that hard hardship, that background. They didn't probably have much when they was young and, and they worked their asses off all their life to get to where they want to be. So so for him to lose a fight like that, of that magnitude, I can understand how how gutting that would feel for him. Um and I and I do, I feel I feel like he was he was he was robbed. Um but um, he's probably got a payday out of it. And he might get the rematch. Who knows? Um, I just don't think it's going to be, you know, any different. I don't, I don't see anything changing. Um, it's always hard. That's the worst thing for a fight. I always think about their situation. It's like, when do you stop? Floyd Mayweather is one of a very, very few people that come out of it on top. And he's come out of it. I think he's the most unscathed. He, you know, how, how good he was at um, making people miss. His defence was so good. He came out of, out of the boxing game with just... He, he's just one of a kind. No, Nobody else goes into that game and comes out like that. And I just think, you know, because everybody always wants that one more fight. And then when they, if they get beat, it's like, oh, I can't go out on a loss. I've got to go out on a win until eventually they realise that it's not there anymore. And it's it's a hard one, man, when you've been doing that all your life and that's all you know. And I've seen it, you know, how it, you know, what it's done to people after they have left the game and Ricky Hatton and stuff and that. You know, I loved Ricky Hatton. I loved that. It was horrible watching him when he got knocked out by Floyd Mayweather and then Manny Pacquiao. Well, look what he did to him. It sent him into a depression and he put on all that weight. And it was horrible, but, you know, you know thank God that he found his, his way back. And now he's doing well as a trainer. Um, but yeah, it's a horrible, horrible way to, you know, it was a catch-22. Where'd you go? Where'd you go from there? Uh, you go to Ronda Rousey route, I'll say. Join the WWE. You know you ain't getting hurt and you're getting paid well. So, yeah, I'm almost in Middlewich now, which is where I said I was going to be. So I've been done this podcast over the two uh, podcasts now, probably an hour's worth or more. More than an hour. Wow. I didn't think when I first started this podcast that episode one, me just talking on my own and kind of going through some stuff about what what I would be talking about going forward. I didn't think that I'd be able to just ramble on for an hour, but maybe I'm a bit more of a talker than I realised. I hope, I really hope you guys enjoyed this. I also hope um, that, 
you are listening to this because I'm saying it like there's somebody already listening. For all I know, this may not take off. I might not get one single listener. Um, I really hope I do because it's been good. Um, I feel like it's an outlet. I can talk about things and hopefully I can get something back. I want to get people on this podcast with me. I want to go back and forth. I want to talk about anything social. I want to talk about fighting. I want to talk everything, everything, anything you want to talk about. If you're listening to this now, I'm talking to you. You could give me a, send me an email. All right. So I'll put my email address out there. Um, you, you can, you can leave me um, a review of the podcast on any of the sites that you listen to it through. Um, drop me your details um, or let me know that you, you want to come on and I'll get in touch with you in whichever way I'll sort it out. It's all new to me still, but I want people on here and I want to discuss things and uh, we'll organise times and, and uh, days where we can do it. Eventually, I want people probably next to me so we can talk. But yeah, ideally, we can link up. I've got the functionality to be able to do that. Um, thank you for listening. I really hope we can do more and this picks up and we get a bit of uh, traction. Uh, I'm sure maybe this one wasn't so great, but I'm sure it will get better as we go along. Uh, Thank you. Have a good day, everybody. Uh, Take care.